Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. You know, technology is a reality for almost everyone these days. Even my 91-year-old father does Facebook, FaceTime, email, and texting. Well, like other tools, tech can be used for good or for ill. Joining us now is the Director of Communications and Strategic Initiatives at Our Lady of Lourdes in Minneapolis, Julie Craven. Julie, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Patrick. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you, too. Now, I just, in a nod to our previous segment, where, where we were just talking with Allison Spies about Easter reminiscing and uh, times past, I uh, I see from your bio here that uh, due to, during the pandemic, you've revisited some of the activities that you haven't done in recent years, like baking and canning and needlework. <laughs> I even see that he says, or as I tell folks, I've turned into my Irish grandmothers from Iowa. Is that right? I, I so have. And, you know, I think we've all sort of, um, adapted and coped a little differently. I know certainly my prayer life has gotten a, a significantly stronger throughout all of this, but staying busy mm-hmm. is, is a big one for me. So I have just taken a deep dive into everything from sourdough baking. Um, I've gotten my master gardener certificate from nice. the University of Minnesota. So I am like, I'm canning and delivering meals and, and crocheting. We've got our first grandchild coming this summer. Congratulations. So lots of, you know, lots of activities, which is, um, it, it's kind of had this wonderful ripple effect of reconnecting me with lots of folks. So, yeah. you know, one of the, one of the silver linings, one of the, Absolutely. One of the things. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us as well. And, uh, so, I just uh, let's start off our discussion about technology, which um, you know we've discussed on the show a little bit before. But but let's start off with sometimes I think people can can feel like well um, you know technology at one point most of us uh, who are over a certain age anyway remember when it was just basically the kids you know the kids did all the computer stuff and and uh, we did everything else well like uh, baking canning needlework gardening that sort of thing <laughs> um, but uh, but nowadays that's just not the case is it I mean it's pretty widespread throughout all the generations well it's so widespread and it's it's not just the kids and I think when we look at it in terms of talking about our faith, right? it's not, remember in the early days, like, you know, technology, something like Facebook, you know, your sports or travel or any of that mm-hmm. stuff was, was the weekdays, but, but church was separate, and you didn't really kind of put, you didn't mix them up all that much. Right. Now, the Catholic content out there is unbelievable, mm. and the, not just the quantity, but the quality of from Catholic media and from the parishes and from the archdiocese has just taken off. So when you see something show up in your feed, you know, that talks about um, Holy Week traditions or something that the Pope is doing, you're, you're not even, it's so integrated now into what you see in social media that you don't even think twice. It's not like, oh, that should be for Sunday. And this is my my week my weekdays my my you know the rest of my life. So what I love about it is how how it's how it's just it's gotten so enriched, particularly in the last year. What I was thinking the last few days was you know the Catholic communicators, you know the representatives from all the parishes mm. in this archdiocese. You know we talked about video for a couple of years. We were all like, you know what? We're getting our websites in great shape. We're doing more on social media. 
we really should, we should do video. Wouldn't it be great? Like if we, we even did like masses and things on video. Well, last March 11th or a year ago, yeah. March 11th, right. we were scrambling. And I remember thinking it was almost as though, you know, God had jumped in and said, you know, that video that you were talking about doing someday, how about now? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the texts were flying and the emails were flying, but I remember the first time we live streamed at Our Lady of Lourdes was Palm Sunday last year. Mm. And we had it set up where it would stream on our website, YouTube, and Facebook. So I had my laptop, my phone, and my iPad all ready. And when they all came on with the prelude music, I was practically in tears. I was like, yes! It's working. <laughs> It's working. It's working uh-huh. the way it's supposed to. But since then, I mean, I was looking at information from our past Sunday's Mass, and there were comments from people in Paris that had yeah. tuned in to watch the live stream. So it, it feels like the fabric of, of you know, all of our, our Catholic connections has just gotten so much stronger with all this good content. Right, right. And what I hear you saying, Julie, uh, two important points that I that I heard in that was, one, it's really done, technology, utilization of technology has really done a great job at getting our faith out of, well, not out of Sunday, but beyond Sunday, right, into mm-hmm. infiltrating the rest of our week as it's meant to, right, as it's meant to guide each moment, really, of our of our lives. Uh, and so when we when we do log into Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever we're we're going, that we see content, faith related content there, um, yeah. So that's one thing, and that's a good thing. And then what you just was were saying too about it's expanded the global reach of uh, what the good things that our parishes are doing, and and I do mean global, obviously. If you're receiving comments from people in Paris, but here let me let me throw a challenge at you, a challenge question too, Julie, which yeah. is. Um, what about those who would argue uh, about you know the necessity, and clearly this is true that that there is a necessity of us being physically present for especially for say reception of the sacraments for you know be it confession or be it receiving the Eucharist or present even at the sacrifice of the mass that all these things are are necessary and by putting all these things out there and making them available on technology we're actually are we working to dissuade people from showing up in person? Oh, oh, I, I, in my opinion, Patrick, no, no. Uh, my husband and I um, got our second vaccine series the end of February. The first, so a couple weeks after that, we were back in person in mass. I think it was March 7th. And I paused when I stepped inside. You know how you still like almost... Um, unconsciously reach for the holy water font. Yep, um, yep. I I paused and reached there, and I looked at everything, and I was I mean, my eyes filled up. It was there is there is no substitute for seeing our, our director of of sacred music and liturgy, Dr. Jacob Benda. He was like trying to be discreet, but sort of waving, and we mm-hmm. were like you know when we could see our friends. Um, and you you wanted to hug them, but you just you like hope they could see your smile behind the mask, and um, and you kind of had to hold back because there not a, not a, not a lot of hugging yet. But there, I in my view, what the technology will do 
is is going to reach out and make available for those times. I think it's it's an incredible evangelization tool. And we've heard reports from folks saying, you know, my brother-in-law was away from the faith for a while. There was, you know, an issue with a divorce. There was something else. He's been watching the live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the opportunity for folks to to have that available is is huge. And we all are looking forward to when we're all back there, and we can linger over a cup of coffee and a donut after mass, <laughs> and we can admire somebody's new baby. Right. And we can hear about a struggle somebody had, and they're asking for some prayers this week. There's just no replacing that. Yeah. But the the opportunity, you know, and I know some of my friends and Catholic communicators, if if they're, the homily was particularly poignant that week, they'll cut out that part of the video and put that on Facebook. Mm. Or you'll hear about a friend in North Dakota who's, who where there was a terrific homily there and they can send it to you mm-hmm. and i think that the opportunity that gives all of us is just to look at all that wonderful content and inspiration and reflections and and dig a little deeper but no i i i think people will be so yearning to be right. back in person and to right. be with one another i think you're probably right about that and i i just thought that you know what this might be a thought going on in people's heads but you know in much the same way I, i'm just thinking you know you might see an ad for disney world say on on the tv this is by the way a terrible analogy but i'm going to put it out there anyway <laughs> you might see an ad for disney world on the tv and it doesn't make you think oh well now that i've seen the ad i don't need to go in person Right, and um, I'll take that analogy. I like okay. that analogy. <laughs> well, and I think you know, we know, not bragging, and it's it's not a competition, but our our live streams are pretty amazing at Lourdes. The music and the camera angles are just lovely, and we had an an older parishioner comment to the video team, "Oh my gosh, this is so good! I almost want it, and I almost want to just keep watching it from home." Now, mm. what she meant was. You guys are doing a great job. I never thought I would be watching Mass from home. It's been, you know, a, a gift during COVID. But these young people on the video team were kind of horrified. They were, mm. they were like, "Whoa, we don't want to be the reason people don't aren't coming to Mass." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." What she was telling you was, "Thank you," and and the work has been terrific, mm. and um, and that don't don't. Don't think that that in any way is going to keep somebody at home because the, right. that that's not where she was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that now. So you've mentioned the Catholic communicators uh, a couple times. Just briefly, what what are the Catholic communicators, Julie? Oh, it's a it's one of the ministry groups. Um, we we coordinate with that fantastic Nikki Mamura out of the Archdiocese yeah. communications team. But the person responsible for communications in each team, in each um, parish, is a member. It was kicked off by Melissa Nault at Pax Christi probably four or five years ago. Wonderful leadership now with Megan Hathaway, Amanda Gromish, um, Brittany Seberg. But um, monthly meetings. In the past, we rotated between parishes in person. Now it's their Zoom meetings. But it's really a chance to share best practices. Um, you know, a lot of sometimes it's really basic questions. Where are you guys putting this information on your website? Mm. Um, how often are you posting on Facebook? 
um, what do you, how do you link between content on your bulletin versus information on a weekly email? So it's, it's the, you know, basically what you would see in a marketing or communications role um, outside the church. It's that mm-hmm. kind of professional development. And they, it's not only been just a terrific way to quickly, you know, climb the learning curve, get um, new people up to speed, help out some of the parishes that haven't done a lot with communications, but we've also gotten to be good friends. And, mm. you know, another one of those um, terrific, um, terrific things that have happened, you know, personally to me from the work that I've been doing um, at Lourdes. Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, wonderful things. I think most of our listeners are probably aware of some of the wonderful things that have been going on technologically during the pandemic to help, as you were saying before, help to, to bridge the gap and stay in touch with uh, parish families over the time of the pandemic as well. But um, a little bit different question that I wanted to make sure and ask you before we have to go here, Julie, which is um, people who are, uh, you know, they're regular users of technology, but they're not in the industry, so to speak. They're not in the biz. Uh, they mm-hmm. are, you know, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're on Snapchat, they're on Instagram, whatever it is. What can they do to help advance the gospel uh, in and through uh, some of the ways that they are plugged in? Oh, I love that question. Absolutely. Um I would say when you're looking at, at Catholic content, if it's your parish, if it's from the archdiocese, if it's one of the Catholic media, if it's if it strikes you, if there's something about it that touches your heart, um, engage, share it, comment on it, like it. Um, the algorithms, particularly with Facebook, um, the more engagement there is, the more likely that post is going to be seen by more people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of a great low key way to talk about your faith, um, and and get that out there. And and I think it makes you, as I feel, it makes me more authentic when I put something out there with my friends who are Catholic or not Catholic, and they see sort of kind of what what's speaking to me and what's making a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much out there. If you see a post that's that's interesting, start following that particular um, Facebook page. Right. And I think you know you can you can be selective too. There might be some things where you're like, "Whoa, I just don't think so." I have it when they talk about social media consumption. I kind of compare it to your diet. Um, mm-hmm. If you know you wouldn't want to eat something that isn't necessarily good and healthy, there was. There were some blogs I was following for a while, some Facebook pages, not Catholic. These were on, on other topics that really they weren't, I didn't think that they were having a positive or, or really that, that great an impact for me. So basically I quit following them. So I think there's an opportunity to be selective. I think we need to certainly be open to different points of view. I think it's, it's, um, sure. it's, troubling if we get too narrow in what we're looking at. But when people are concerned about social media or Facebook and there's, you know, there's stuff out there that's not great. Yeah, that's true. There is stuff out there that's not great. And what you do is you, you basically set that aside. You find the quality content, you find the content that mm-hmm. you know really does, you know, speak to what you're trying to do and growing your faith and, and follow along with that. But I think the big thing is, is the engagement. If you like it, share it. Um, hit that like button or leave a comment. 
All right. Wow. Wonderful. Well, Julie, we've run out of our time here, but uh, great, as always, to speak with you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing to help advance the gospel through technology, and thank you for those great tips. God bless you, Julie. God bless you, Patrick. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay, sounds good. And this is probably a good time to note that uh, we, Practicing Catholic, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can find us in all these pl- those places. Just go to practicingcatholicshow.com. All right, we're going to head into our next break. Next up on Practicing Catholic, can you name seven themes of Catholic social teaching? Jason Adkins tell us how to, tells us how to live them out this Easter. Stay with us.